Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm your host for the next hour to today's program of Calvary Live. I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. So you just heard the number that you can call and be a part of the show. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. So give me a call, and I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, answer your questions that you have about the Bible or Christian living, or maybe what the Lord is showing you during this season that we are all in uh, and have been over the last couple months uh, during this pandemic. Maybe perhaps you have a question concerning our reaction as a Christian, our worldview, uh, as uh, we see the things going on around us. Maybe it has nothing to do with COVID-19, but uh, maybe some other things that you see that's taking place in our culture and around our world. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, encourage you, bless you in any way that we can. So the call-in number is 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. We got all open lines, and I would encourage you to grab one of those open lines early in the show. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and answer your questions and pray with you. As we have a blessed opportunity as Christians to um, go to uh, the Word of God, to go to the throne of grace in time of need. So 303-690-3000. And my name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. Always blessed to be with you, usually on Mondays and Tuesdays, and uh, and looking forward to what the Lord has for us. I uh, want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range, and uh, we welcome you listening on 101.7 in the southern part of the front range, Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs, and then 89.7 from Castle Rock up into the metro area, along the front range of Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley up in the southern Wyoming. And so uh, give us a call at 303-690-3000. And also want to welcome all those who are tuned in to uh, the Hope FM radio network and Truth FM on the East Coast. You too can call at that number, 303-690-3000. And as you are listening, uh, you are a week delayed in the program, but you can call it that number. You can call it that number anywhere in the United States and because uh, I know that there are online listeners that are listening from all over the country, and I'd love to be able to uh, talk with you as well. So welcome, welcome. Just want to encourage you that if you have never downloaded the Grace FM app on your smartphone or tablet. You can do that. It only takes just uh, less than a minute to be able to do that. And uh, just type in Grace FM uh, Colorado and it will come up. And then also the Grace FM website. We have people that listen from uh, different parts of the world 
on the website. And there's great Bible teaching 24-7. You just heard on Grace FM, our radio program here at Calvary Greeley, uh, Under the Fig Tree. Hope you were blessed by that uh, as it ministered to you. And uh, so uh, give us a call, and um, we would love to talk to you today on Calvary Live. There's another means, as you know, uh, to be able to communicate a question or a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. And that text line is 720-336-0897, That is a 24-hour a day, seven days a week text line that you can text in a prayer request as Calvary Church has opened that up. And we would, um, uh, you know, love to have you be able to do that uh, anytime, day or night. And there are pastors that will be taking those prayer requests and passing them on to a prayer team. But during this hour, uh, as you put in prayer requests or as you ask questions, uh, we'd love to be able to talk to you um, and pray with you um, during this next hour. So 720-336-0897. And always be careful, be in a safe place when you are texting. So hope that you're doing well, hope that you are safe, uh, and um, I pray that uh, everything is going well with you as we continue uh, to see the events around us at the Safer at Home here in Colorado. And uh, I know it's been hard. It's been difficult. We've entered into May. And one of the things that uh, the last two months, it seems like it has been uh, forever. And um, and so um, it it has been uh, a long couple months. And, uh, and the Lord desires for us to be able to endure, to be able to uh, look to him and everything. And, uh, and I hope that uh, this show has helped you do that, to have a voice for us to be connected together. And sure would love to, um, you know, um, encourage you in any way that we can. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And... Um, also, the text line is 720-336-0897 as I'm getting some things up to see if we can get it going. And um, let's see if we can do that. So um, one of the prayer requests that have come in, and I think it's a good prayer, prayer request, as we enter into May, it's a season where uh, we have graduations that are going on. And, of course, many graduations have been canceled, and there are graduations uh, that uh, have been uh, either um, completely canceled or postponed, or there's going to be a viral graduation. And I know that the kids work so hard uh, in high school and in college working towards that graduation, and I know it's a bit disappointing we have all gone through that, and I just uh, want to pray for you that are graduating. I know this week that we have some here at Calvary Greeley that are were scheduled to graduate this Saturday uh, at University in Northern Colorado, which is here in Greeley, my daughter being one of those uh, that are, are scheduled to graduate. But, of course, they had to cancel graduation because of the COVID-19, 
And But I want to pray for our graduates as they're finishing up. Many college students uh, that are finishing online, you're at home. It's been a challenge. Um, and I just want to be able to pray with you and for you, to encourage you, and um, to be able to... Um, to um, to bless you and um, you know it's it, it's a wonderful wonderful time in your life but I know there's disappointments with not having graduations and so um, just uh, want to uh, to do that right now as father those who are graduating um, this month I know the high schoolers later on in the month and 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 I think of those who have worked hard in the college classes the uh, community colleges, the state universities, uh, I pray that you would bless those graduates. And Lord, as they start a new chapter in their life, uh, that I pray that you would be with them, that you would bless them, and that you um, should uh, just um, be with them. And and Lord, in these times that are challenging, uh, graduating and uh, jobs may not be easy to find. Um, things seem so uncertain that they would know this, that you are their certainty and you are the one that um, desires to bless them and to minister to them in every way. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would do that work in them and uh, through them and bless them. And, Lord, I just pray that you would um, just be with them and um in the days ahead as they're making decisions for you. And, Lord, those in high school that are going to be finishing up this month, uh, I know there's disappointments because maybe there wasn't proms or or other things that got canceled, but, Lord, that you would minister to them and bless them in every way. Um, And so I just pray for them as well as they're getting ready to finish up school. And, Lord, for all our students that have been so patient in trying to uh, get... Uh, work done, and the teachers, I pray for the teachers that are trying to finish everything up, that you would bless them and guide them. Uh, Help us all be patient. Help them to be patient, but bless our graduates in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000, trying to kind of pull up uh, what I have on the screen, and having a little technical problems, but we'll get it um, going here in just a little bit. Um, We have, I don't know if we have um, somebody on the line from Longmont. Justin, do we have somebody? Justin? Uh, Yes, Uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Jeff, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing great. I just want to say thank you really quick for your guys' ministries. Uh, Thank you for your encouraging words. I listen to you guys all the time, so thank you for that encouraging word from you guys. Uh, my question is, so I understand that you do not need an outward ex- outward expression of faith like uh, a baptism. You just need to do, um, like, say the prayer to have Lord the Lord reign over your heart. And so my question is, is for Christians who do baptize their children as an outward expression of of the child's faith for it to be saved, um, does that mean because the child themselves can't make that prayer themselves that they, even though it's an outward expression of faith, it's not like, like, is the child saved? 
Well, I think you're talking about uh, children baptism, and and here's the thing: when we do a baptism, Justin, is uh, we want the kids to understand as much as they can what it is that they're doing, that they've made a decision for Christ. And I've baptized children five years old, six years old. When they're a toddler, I feel like they're a little bit too young for that, um, to understand that. And um, and so we want them to understand that that as they come to Christ, and they're children, I love baptizing children, but they, they've made a decision for Christ, and that they understand that baptism isn't just a fun thing to do, um, but it is something that they understand that um, they're saying that they're a follower of Jesus and and understand something of baptism, and that's what we want them to understand, like anybody else that's being baptized. We want them to have understanding. We want them to have clarity of what it is. So one of the things when we do a baptism, when we try to do it quarterly, I think the last one that we had was in February, and, and we haven't been able to do one since. And uh, But uh, we want to be able to... Um, Tell the parents, listen, if your kids have any questions about baptism, and we walk them through that. We walk them through the process of baptism, and we want to do that. And um, and so, anyway, I, I don't know if that's what you're asking, kind of what you're fishing for, but we want them to have some understanding of what it is, the process that they're going through. Okay, yeah, and that makes uh, total sense to me. I, I get that. Um I guess then I would I, uh, kind of the second part of that question would be so um, for a child that um, has obviously like the Lord knew the child in the mother's womb. Um, but let's say like that child was a stillborn child. Um, what what would happen with that with that child? Um, because I've had a situation to where um, my cousin, he had a, a stillborn he lost his uh, fiance and he lost his uh, his child, his son, and so um, my grandparents are Catholic, and so they kind of had like a um, a baptism, I guess, for like the stillborn child after it was you know out of the mother's womb. So I guess I'm just wow. kind of curious on how how you know I I have faith in the Lord that all things work out for His good will, um, but I just have the question of I guess the theological. Um, yeah. point of, you know, maybe like a stillborn child's uh, salvation. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and of course the Catholic Church does infant baptism, and and that is something that is very important, you know, growing up uh, in the Catholic faith, is that you have a, a baby that they're baptized immediately. I remember one time going to uh, a memorial service for a, a, a teenager Unfortunately, that was, um, uh, uh, you know, related to somebody who was going to our church. This was years ago. And I went to the memorial service to support the family that was really going through a tough time because this teenager committed suicide. And the priest said, um, and I remember it, I'll never forget it, that, that the teenager was in heaven because he had been baptized. So there are those that believe that when my baby gets baptized, that that brings salvation. And I don't know the official stance of the Catholic Church, but that's what the priest had indicated to everyone. Because he was baptized, he was saved. And we know baptism doesn't save anyone. So to to do that to uh, a stillborn is, I've never heard of that. 
we know that baptism doesn't bring salvation. It is to be a declaration that that we have salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so infant baptism, there's nowhere in the Scripture that speaks of infant baptism. There's nowhere in the Scripture that, that speaks of a toddler even being baptized. It is those who have made a decision for Jesus Christ. So um, we baptize children, and once in a while when we do a baptism, uh, I've had a mom come that is watching a relative be baptized, and they got a baby, and they say, will you baptize my baby now? Because they they just have learned, or they've been taught, or something has been, uh, or someone told them that uh, baptism is going to bring salvation to their child, their baby, or whatever. Um, we do know this, that um, for those who die in the womb, God sees them, he knows them, he has formed them. And there's a story in the Old Testament that David, that he had a son that uh, was born with Bathsheba. He was very sick, and David prayed, and the the baby died. And as David would uh, respond to that, he said that um, the baby won't come to me, but I will go to him. And I think that shows us that the children belong to the Lord. He knows them. And Psalm 139 speaks about how he forms them. He knows them. Um, And those who die in the womb, uh, whether it's a miscarriage or whether um, something else happens, in your case, a stillborn, that baby is in heaven, not because they went through a process of baptism, because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And uh, and you can be assured of that, and I think the ba- the scripture confirms that with that passage with David, that says that you know I will go to the baby, um, the baby is in the arms of Jesus, um, but it has nothing to do with baptism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that clarification. I, uh, you know, blessed be His holy name. Every time I uh, I have a concern or you know some sort of theological where you know I just don't understand it, every Every time I ask, every time I knock on that door, you know, it's, it's revealed. And so I, uh, uh, glory be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Um, and continue hey, to do your guys' good works. And thank, thank you guys you. so much. Hey, Justin, let me read you real quick from Psalm 139. I think this will really kind of bring comfort to you, and hopefully you can pass it on uh, to others. But as David writes, For you, God, formed my inward parts. You covered me in my womb, my mother's womb. And I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there are none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more numbered than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. So it just talks about um, the, uh, the, the sanctity of life, the preciousness of life in the womb that he knows us. And Paul talks about being ordained when he was in his mother's womb. Same with Jeremiah. So that that child is with the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate you calling. God bless. Thank you so much. All right. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. I believe we got all open lines. Text line is 720-336-0897. 
love to talk to you and uh, encourage you, pray with you any way that we can. Um, we have um, all open lines. Um, one of the things that uh, somebody was asking me about that I think would be encouragement to you is that they were asking about, you know, how is it that we can keep um, focused on what we need to as Christians? And I think that's a very good question right now as we find ourselves, you know, going into another month. Uh, here it is May. It's spring. It's getting warmer. Um, things continue on, and, and uh, perhaps you're facing uh, challenges in different ways than you were a couple months ago, and it can begin to wear on us. And the Bible talks about endurance, and we are to endure uh, in this time. But how is it that we keep our minds on the Lord? How is it that we can keep focused on Him? And one of the ways is to renew our minds. Paul the Apostle, when he was writing to the book of, or to the church at uh, Rome, he writes in the book of Romans that he writes that, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He would write that prison epistle of Ephesians, and in Ephesians, he writes that we are to uh, be ones that are renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then the other prison epistle that he writes, Philippians, I think a verse that is a real key for us is in Philippians chapter 4, where he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, and whatever things are noble, and whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. And I think that's a good word for us during this time as uh, we start to you know, get a little bit edgy. We start to uh, wonder. We start to wrestle, and we can go through seasons like that. But to meditate on those things which are true and those things that are noble and pure and whatever things are lovely and things that are of good report, we need to focus on the Lord, and we need to focus on His Word as we renewed in our minds, uh, being watered by the, uh, you know, the Word, uh, have the Word of God coming into our minds, renewing our minds, and that's what's going to help us, and that's what's going to encourage us, because if we're just taking in all the news, and I'm not saying that we should not watch news, but the news can be overwhelming. It becomes too much, and you read this article that says it's going to go on for another year or so. You read this article that says, no, it's it's going to be fine you know, by early summer, and there's just a lot of information there's a lot of um, you know questions that perhaps we have as we see municipalities and and the state and everybody making up you know the different restrictions and everything like that and uh, so you know we need to have that certainty in uncertain times and the word of God is certainty and the word of God will bring you comfort and to, to remember that the Lord still is in control. And, and that he's sovereign, and that he is working, and he's working in your life, and we don't always see it, and we get discouraged at times, and we can get lonely, and we, we get to wrestling with different uh, questions and, and with the circumstances that we are facing, but I do pray that you would continue to renew your mind with the Word of God, and that's why it's important 
to continue to tune in to your church wherever you're going, to the live stream services. I think most churches are doing that. To be listening to Bible study, to be reading your Bible. Um, and I pray that soon that we're able to get back in person. But this is a time where we can begin to really kind of fall away from the Lord rather than uh, drawing close to the Lord. And and to begin to just uh, continually um, be in the Word of God. So I just want to encourage you in that because that's been a question um, that has come up. And uh, and I want to be able to, uh, you know, just uh, encourage you in every way that we can. Um, and keep listening to, to Christian radio, Grace FM, as you're in the car uh, and as you are uh, continuing to, um, you know, to go throughout your day and stuff. Uh, it's going to help. It's going to bless and it's going to be uh, an encouragement to you. Hey, we got all open lines, so let me give you that number again. Let me know that you're there. Let me know how you're doing. Uh, let me know how the Lord is ministering to you, and i uh, love to be able to talk with you. 303-690-3000. This is Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley with you, and then the text line is 720-336-0897, and I'd uh, love to get a text from you. Love to be able to talk with you about the things of the Lord. We are continuing our online services here at Calvary Greeley. And 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, uh, we have our uh, service that we do here as we worship together. And we are in the book of Jeremiah. And this week in Jeremiah, we are going to be looking at a, a really amazing chapter. In chapter 18, it talks about Jeremiah went down to the potter's house to learn a lesson. And there the potter is making a vessel, and, um, and uh, there are many lessons that are there because we know that uh, our Lord is called the master potter, potter, and we're the clay, and he's shaping us, and he's molding us. And so we are going to be blessed by going through that text. And so I'd love to be able to uh, talk to you about that, love to be able to encourage you in the Word of God. And, um, and so... Um, uh, we uh, would love to have you tune in. CalvaryChapelGreeley.org is the uh, website that you can watch it, or our Facebook, Calvary Chapel Greeley. And so join us for the Book of Jeremiah, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. Let's go to Baltimore where Lori's on line one. Hi, Lori. Hello. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. How are you doing? good so um yeah i was just listening to you from your last week program um and because you know we're a week behind so that always freaks me out but anyway um <laughs> so i'm calling about two kings two 23 to 24 why did okay. the, why did the animals tear apart the 42 children um, so yeah. like, yeah. yeah, what was the, what was the divine cur- uh, purpose of that? So it's second Kings chapter two, and that's during the days of Elijah, right? He was going up in the chariot and, and Elisha asked Elijah for the double portion of the spirit. And he said, well, if you see me in the chariot, then you'll get it. Yeah. So then Elisha saw the double spirit and then 
Alicia went to another place. Um, he, like, tarried longer in Jericho, I think. And then these kids came up to him in Bethel. I'm not sure where. And they um, yeah. they were mocking him. Go up, bald head. Go up, bald head. So he, Alicia cursed them. And then these two she-bears came out and tore the kids in, 42 of the kids in pieces. Yeah, it's kind of brutal, right? Yeah, Be careful what you say. Yeah, and 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 I'm looking at it. He goes up in in a chariot. They come out, and um, they begin to mock him, and um, they come from the city mocking him. And uh, you hold on, okay? I'm going to look at this, and we're going to go to breaks. The only break that we have. We're going to be back in about 90 seconds, and we're going to pick it up and take a look at it. Okay, Lori? Okay, God bless you. We'll be right back, 303-690-3000. We've got some open lines. Give me a call. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. The second half of Calvary Live, so good to be with you and blessed to be with you on this beautiful spring day. Give me a call. we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, and our text line is 720-336-0897. 0897, like to talk to you about the things of the Lord, answer your Bible questions, to be able to um, have that conversation with you, take you to the Word of God, and uh, so uh, wonderful that we have truth given to us from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. We were talking before we went to the break to Lori. Lori, are you still there? Yes. Thanks for holding. I appreciate it. And uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Lori was asking about the text in Second Kings chapter two. After uh, you know we have the um, Elijah ascends up into heaven, Elijah he takes the mantle. He is having the prophetic ministry, but there's an interesting story. It starts out with um, these group of uh, youth that came from the city and began to mock him. And they would say, go up, bald head, go up, bald head. And then these, you know, they were mauled by uh, the the bears that came out. I think a couple things as I look at this is as they came in, the ancient word, I was looking at some of my notes when I taught this a while back, uh, translated use really means that they were young men. Uh, so they weren't like, seven, eight years old, like little kids were saying, hey, you're a bald head, and Nan sticking out their tongue at them. These guys were young men, and it would uh, we know that because to Joseph, it was uh, applied to him when he was 39, to Absalom uh, when he was an adult. So we see this word used when there are those who were adults. So this is a group of guys that come up, and they're from Bethel, and their mocking presence, I think, shows the continuing opposition to the true prophets in Baal. you got to remember that this is part of the ten northern tribes of Israel. They were steeped deep into idol worship and to Baal worship. And, uh, you know, it is the days of um, Jezebel and um, Ahaz. They were terrible kings. And the nation is not right with God. 
So here they were, they were coming against, just as they did with Elijah, you know, he went through persecution. They're coming against Elisha now, uh, continuing opposition against the true prophet um, of God. And, you know, Bethel was one of the chief centers of pagan worship. So it's like, go up, bald head. They were mocking him uh, in a sense that they were connecting him to Elijah, like, um, you know, the same spirit that's taking you up, you go up so you don't trouble us anymore. So that's what a lot of commentators are suggesting, kind of the background of what was going on. Like, get out of here, Elijah. You go up to heaven. We're going to come against you. And um, and so, you know, they ended up being uh, uh, taken out by these two bears. It may be very well, Lori, as well, that some have suggested that the Lord was protecting Elijah because these men not only had the idea of mocking him, but probably putting him to death. Um, so it could be in, that the Lord was protecting Elijah in that way as well. And um, so um, that's what I got for you in that text, um, that uh, Elijah uh, was just starting his ministry and they were coming against him. Probably very probable that they wanted to do him in. And um, and God was protecting them. Use those two bears. I've always seen that number forty-two, and I wonder what it means. I don't know what it means. We see the the number forty in the scriptures a lot, but forty-two, um, I I you know don't have what it means. I saw the number forty-two once before, mm-hmm. and it had to do with um, destruction, and it had to do with youth. I thought. Like yeah. 42, so, 42 weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at that, but that's an interesting study to do. So. Okay. Thank you so much. Hey, Lori, thanks for calling. Really appreciate you guys calling from the East Coast, even though you're a week delayed. Um, I appreciate your question. Very good question. And uh, keep studying your Bible. Keep in touch with us. I will. Thank you. Okay. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and love to talk to you and um, answer your questions. Uh, let's go to Arvada. Laurel is online, too. Laurel? Are you there? Hello? She dropped. So, hey, she had a prayer request, though. Her mom is quarantined. Um Oh, her mom is questioning and um, her faith and how to talk to her. Also, she wanted prayer. Laurel, if you can give me a call, but um, love to talk with you, love to encourage you. And uh, this is a time, and it's not unusual sometimes for people when they're going through difficulties to question their faith. And our faith becomes weak at times. And the way to strengthen her faith is through the Word of God. We know that Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so just continue to pray for her, uh, continue to encourage her in the things of the Lord, to point her to the Lord, that the Lord is still in control, He's on the throne, He's working, and, and keep giving her the promises of the Lord, the comfort of the Lord, and, uh, and that's going to help her faith. And, and there are those that question their faith and just spend some time with her and minister to her that way. So I'd love to talk to you. Um, and we're going to go ahead and pray for your mom. As Father, I pray for Laurel's uh, mom. 
um, as she is, um, we don't know all that's going on, but questioning her faith. And it may be because uh, of different reasons. It may be because of trials and difficulties that she's going through. It may be because of confusion that she has in the Word of God. It may be because of what she heard, um, because there's a lot of strange doctrine that is out there. Whatever the case is, I pray that you would bring her back to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, that you get Laurel just time to be able to minister to uh, her mom and to bless her and, and to help her, give her wisdom in ministering to her and uh, and talking with her, give her the words uh, to say to her, to strengthen her in Scripture, to share with her. So, Lord, we just uh, ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, Laurel, give me a call if you want to call back. I know that you, you perhaps dropped for whatever reason, but love to talk to you and bless you in any way that we can here on Calvary Live. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Give me a call here, and um, and we'd love to talk to you on Calvary Live. The text line is 720-336-0897, and, um, and just... Um, want to read a text that came in. Just uh, wanted to respond with a hello. Um, like very much to hear you teach. No real question except I constantly feel the daily need to hear encouragement during this COVID pandemic. And we do. We need to be encouraged. So I appreciate um, your call and, and I appreciate your encouragement in that. And um, we all need to be encouraged. So give me a call. Love to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And the way to be encouraged, and we can be encouragers to others. So we want to encourage you uh, through prayer, encouragement through the Word of God, encouragement um, as we just speak those words of comfort to others, and love to be able to do that with you and, and for you here today. There's another question that has come in, and the question is dealing with uh, as we look at it, what kind of rewards will believers receive at the judgment seat of Christ? And that's a very good question because it's interesting that a lot of Christians don't know that there are rewards that are waiting for us when we get to heaven. We know that the Bible has uh, told us that um, that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, uh, that we... Um, will be rewarded for what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. And what um, that means is that as we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, according to Second Corinthians chapter 5, and as we um, read also in Romans chapter 14, that that word is the, the Bema reward seat of Christ. We're not going to be judged for our sins. Jesus took the judgment for us uh, on the cross of Calvary. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to save us from, um, you know, to bring salvation to us. It's by faith alone. So we come in faith, we are saved. But with that said, the New Testament talks a whole lot about uh, rewards that are given for what we have done for Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 discusses and talks to us and tells us about how our uh, works are going to be tried by fire. They're likened into wood, hay, and stubble. The things that are unlike the Lord that will burn up, and then those things that are like precious metals, gold, silver, and other precious metals that will shine forth 
and we will be rewarded. Jesus told the parable of the talents and of the minas uh, in the Gospels. In Luke's Gospels, mina, and Matthew, it's in talents. And uh, those who were entrusted with talents, those who were entrusted with the mina, that as the master uh, had the servant give an account, that they would be uh, rewarded. And we see that. So the Bible talks a lot about rewards that will be given to us for what we've done for Christ at the Bema Reward Seat. There is, for example, in Revelation uh, chapter 2 and James chapter 1, the crown of life that is mentioned, given to those who persevere under trials, and especially those who suffer to the point of death, the crown of life. Um, there is the crown of glory in First Peter chapter 5, verse 4, given to those who faithfully and sacrificially minister God's word to the flock. We know there is a crown incorruptible that Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, given to those who win the race of temperance and self-control. And then there is the crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Paul writes that, that he says, My departure is at hand. His last words that he gives to the church, and, uh, and um, that uh, I have kept the faith, I've run the race, um, I um, am, you know, uh, you know, just amazing words being poured out as a drink offering, and uh, and as we see that Paul was fighting the good fight, he says that he says there's a crown of righteousness that is given to me and to all those who long for the second coming of Jesus or the appearing of our Lord. So as we are waiting for the Lord to come back, longing for Him, there's a, a crown of righteousness that is given. So these crowns um, that are given, we know that then Revelation chapter 4, we see that the 24 elders with their crowns were casting them before the Lord and uh, the throne of God in act of worship and adoration. So this is something I think is a wonderful picture for us. That that I mean, think about it. The Lord, He did the work on the cross. He has saved us. Uh, the Lord... Um, rewards us, and uh, he's the one that does the work through us uh, by his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so I think about rewards. uh, It's all the Lord, and then we're going to cast them back at him, um, placing our crowns before the throne of God, um, as we see illustrated in that heavenly scene. Um, But... uh, I think that the, the as we look at these things, the, the next question often gets asked, and that is, should we, you know, desire to have rewards? It, is it selfish? I've had some Christians tell me, well, we shouldn't desire rewards. That's just being selfish. In the New Testament, Jesus gives the indication you should desire rewards. We know that the New Testament talks about um, that. Uh, the Lord wants to reward us for doing things for Christ here in this world. So we as Christians should desire rewards because those rewards are going to last forever. The rewards that we receive here on earth will go away eventually. They're temporary, but the rewards in heaven will last forever. And we are to long to and desire to you know, do the Lord's work, to further the kingdom, we do it because of our love for him. It was Paul that said in Second Corinthians chapter 5 when he talked about that we will stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, that we shall all, you know, 
he says, it's the love of Christ that constrains me, is what he says. And so we should desire rewards to please the Lord. And um, the Lord gives every indication that we should desire to do that. Um, he ends up rebuking the one who did not invest in the things that were given to him. So I want to encourage you during this time that you continue to serve him in whatever capacity that you can. And what can happen is, is we can begin again to get discouraged. And the Lord sees you. He sees your work. He knows you. He loves you. He very much wants to minister to you. And um, he wants to work through you and work in your life in a very wonderful way. So um, just uh, some encouragement to you. And that's a very good question. We're not just going to be sitting on a cloud, twiddling our thumbs, you know, playing a harp in heaven. Um, there are rewards to be given, and then in this kingdom, we're going to rule and reign with him. So another text question that came in, can you explain Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 and 4? And Revelation chapter 11, I believe, is dealing with the two witnesses um, that will be in Jerusalem. I'm going to pull it up here, and so I can read it to you. Revelation chapter 11 is the halfway point of the tribulation period. And we see that there's a number of things that are taking place. Uh, but uh, ch- chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. And these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. So in the middle of the tribulation period, there's a couple things that take place. Number one, we know that the temple is standing. That's verses 1 and 2. John is given a read. Uh, he's told to measure um, you know, the temple of God, the altar, those who worship there. Leave out the court which is outside the temple. Do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. So um, the temple standing there, and then there's these two witnesses. And these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. We can go back to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4 is the reference of the Old Testament where the two witnesses are there, this vision that Zechariah had. But it's interesting, these two witnesses that are going to be there in Jerusalem, they have a special ministry. And if anyone wants to harm them, um, Fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. They have the power to shut up heaven so that no rain falls from heaven um, in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. So they have a ministry, and their ministry is being able to call down fire from heaven um, and uh, also... Um, as we see uh, that that they have the power to shut up heaven so there's no rains that falls. Now, whose ministry does that remind you of? That's Elijah. So many believe that one of the two witnesses is Elijah because Malachi, at the end of the Old Testament, it tells us that Elijah will appear before the dreadful day of the Lord. So many believe that this is Elijah. He's the one that had the ministry to call down fire from heaven. Uh, we know that from Second Kings chapter 1. Uh, we also know that he was the one that caused it not to rain for three and a half years. Here a date is given that these guys 
are ministering for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. That's, that's very much an Old Testament uh, terminology. But that's three and a half years. So Elijah caused it not to rain for three and a half years until he gave the word. So that's the ministry of Elijah. And then the other one, turning water into blood, that's the ministry of Moses, uh, being able to uh, call down the plagues, strike the earth with all plagues. That's Moses. So they believe the two witnesses are Elijah and Moses. Uh, It's interesting that in that little epistle of Jude, that it tells us that Satan and Michael the archangel contended over the body of of Moses. They uh, were wrestling over it. And I think, what was that all about? And it very well could be that Satan knew that Moses was going to be used in the, the tribulation period. And so interesting things. Um, some have said possibly Elijah and Enoch because both of them were raptured. Elijah went up, as we've already talked about today on the show, uh, in a, whirl, uh, a whirlwind um, in a chariot. Enoch, the book of Genesis, tells us that he was there and then he was not. He was raptured. And some say that it has to be Elijah and Enoch because it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. And uh, so I don't hold to that view necessarily because there's going to be a whole generation of Christians that are going to uh, be raptured and taken, and we're not going to die a physical death. I hope we're the generation that that uh, comes true. So we are ones uh, that will meet the Lord in the air. So I think it's Elijah and Moses with this special ministry after three and a half years in the beginning of the tribulation period, the first half. Remember that that seven-year period is divided into uh, the first three and a half years, and then the second three and a half years is called the Great Tribulation or Jacob's Trouble. Um, And uh, we know that they will be present in the first part of the tribulation period. So you can take a look at that, and it's interesting to see that. Um, And um, just uh, really, really um, just, you know, uh, amazing things that will take place in the tribulation period. One of the other things while I'm on the subject is, is this, is that there is... The things that we see going on around us because um, are all leading to something, and we need to remember that. We, the church here, are here for such a time as this. And I think that if you've um, gone to a Calvary Chapel or listened to Grace FM, that you've heard a lot of teaching that, that we are to be discerning in the days in which we are living in. And we also know that um, as we are rushing towards, you know, the return of the Lord, where he's going to come for his church, and then will be the tribulation period, that the signs that are spoken of in, in the prophetic scenario, that it's all pointing to that, it's all leading to that. So I believe what we see, the things going on around us, is just indicative of the birth pangs that are all around us that are telling us that we are indeed in the last days. And a lot of us as Christians, we think, well, what about all the the directives from the governing authorities and all of that? We can look at it. We can think, well, there's you know more control. There's talk of a one world government, you know, coming together. Well, that shouldn't surprise us because that's what the Bible says exactly is going to happen. 
And what's going to happen is there's going to be this 10 kings that will rise out of this uh, revived Roman Empire, the 10 toes, uh, clay mingled with iron. It's brittle. The extension of the the legs, Daniel chapter 2, which is the foundation of Bible prophecy. And and they're going to uh, have uh, one that's going to rule over them called the Antichrist, the little horn of Daniel chapter 7 coming out of the 10 horns of Daniel 7, the 10 kings. And he's going to be a world leader. And and the world's going to turn to him. So these things don't surprise me when I see them happening. The other thing that we see in the last days as well is that there's going to be a worldwide false church. So I think that we're going to see some events that will point to that as well, that lead to that. So we as Christians need to be discerning. We need to be wise. We need to be watching. Jesus said to do that because uh, I come at a time that you least expect. We have a glorious promise, and that is the Lord's going to come for us. And he's going to bless us, and he is going to take us home to be with him. And then that tribulation period will begin, and the tribulation period is um, you know, going to be a time seven years where uh, God is intervening in the affairs of man more dramatically than any other time in history. Uh, we live in a unique time. One of the super signs is Israel's become a nation in 1948. It's the only time really in church history since, you know, 70 A.D. that Israel and the church are on the scene at the same time. And it's absolutely amazing. So let's keep our eyes on the Lord, keep looking to him, um, and know that these things are all pointing to uh, the things that should be on uh, going on around us to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And and I hope there's a stirring in our, us Christians saying, hey, we are in the last days. Um, this is all pointing to what the Bible says is going to take place and other things, and we want to proclaim that to others. Hey, there's a, a Keith that gave a message, thank you, uh, from the Grand Canyon, and uh, not much is happening here at the park because we're hoping it will all reopen by the end of the month, and I hope so too. Grand Canyon is a very beautiful place. Many of you have had to put your vacation you know, plans on hold this summer. I know that I love to go head up north about this time, up into uh, Grand Teton and Yellowstone to, to see the bears and, and um, in the Lamar Valley, and it's closed. We hope it opens up. But I want to pray as we're getting close to the end of the hour. I want to pray for uh, the that we as, as churches can open up. We, we're just praying that we can, that we can have people come, we can meet together, I know that you're feeling the the you know just the uh, isolation from church. I feel it too, uh, not having people here for the last couple months, very little. And so, Father, we do pray that as churches that across the nation, across the world, but here in Colorado, that we would be able to have fellowship. We'd be able to meet soon. We just pray that um, that you would just cause it where the doors are. Uh, going to open for us because we need fellowship and it, it's we're thankful for the technology that we have the technology of being able to um, have live stream um, to put on um, recordings of teachings uh, video social media our websites but lord we long to be together face to face 
And we know that the Bible talks a lot about how important it is for us to have fellowship with you, but you also have designed it for us to have fellowship with one another. So, Lord, we desire that. And I pray that we can get together soon, that uh, pastors would make wise choices and how we can keep our people safe, uh, prepare for that. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would help us, um, provide for us, and, and Lord, to be faithful to teaching the Word of God. And Lord, the church is not dead. The church is still very much alive as Christ dwells in our hearts. And as we gather in the future, that we would rejoice greatly. But in the meantime, Lord, I pray that as our families meet, as uh, we're with our kids, we continue to read them the Bible, tell them Bible stories, um, keep praying together, be a light to others. Um, And Lord, I pray that you would help us to endure. So I pray for blessing upon everyone right now, provide for them, uh, continue to work in their lives. We ask for your blessing upon those who are working in the hospitals and medical facilities, the first responders, those who are stocking our grocery stores and, and delivering food, all those who uh, bravely are helping us, that you'd bless them and help them and uh, sustain them. And Lord, um, show yourself strong on our behalf, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, keep praying, keep in the word of God, stay close to him. He loves you. His promises are still true for you. And, um, and God's going to do some amazing things in the days and the weeks ahead. Hey, God bless you. So good to be with you, talk with you. Have a good evening. Looking forward to spending some time with you next time here on Calvary Live. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.